0: We will also discuss the practical meaning of this as we watch and as a remnant, prepare as he so leads. And now your host, Richard Case.
1: Well, good morning, Kathy. Uh, here we are on uh, End Times Friday. Good uh, morning.
2: Happy Friday.
1: Happy Friday. Um, it's been, uh, I've actually had a lot of feedback on the um, uh, the helpfulness of mm. you know of just people having some insight into what's going on in the world uh, right in Israel uh, so it's opening opening eyes to that and they and they look forward to that as well as you know the continued which we'll talk a little bit more today about um, that don't let it develop into a system or I need to or I should or people tell mm. me I should but rather oh that's good you know pay attention um, and because you're paying attention it's you know it's to begin to uh see what god would say about it it's interesting um in the abiding retreats i don't know if you've experienced this a lot but in the ones that we've had uh usually one or two people uh in the way and just for everybody uh how we do this as we we uh, go through a weekend and teach them how to abide in the vine it's relationship and it's centered on the word of god and how to hear from God uh, personally,
0: mm-hmm. which is always
1: remarkable because everybody does, even even when they come, in a sense, I don't even know about this. Um, right. and is this really possible? And we, we teach about you know the, the beautiful life of the Holy Spirit. It's a very healthy, vibrant, pleasant relationship, which is you know we had a whole series on uh, prayer. That talked about that is it just it's just beautiful you know dialogue with it. But um, I've had particularly in the last year or two, I usually have one or two people get led to the remnant.
2: Mm, Um, Yeah,
1: and they don't understand like what is that you know. And and um, I got led to it, but I don't understand it you know. And uh, it's well, uh, the remnant is uh, a big term you know, particularly of the Old Testament when. Uh, the nation of Israel, God's people, were not following God, mm-hmm. that um, he would invite them to repent. And when they didn't, he would then invite, say, well, those, since the nation isn't, um, and you're under that leadership or under those shepherds, I'm going to invite you personally to follow me, even though there may be judgment as part of it, like with Israel and Jeremiah, and, uh, and join the remnant. And the remnant is is just a group of people that have a heart to follow God. It's really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're getting mm-hmm. led, led to that. So there's a, an awareness um, of, you know, what's that and what does that mean and, and um, how do we uh, approach that? Because there'll be a remnant, as we look at the tribulation, there's going to be a remnant of believers that truly follow him, don't join the system, don't join the mark of the beast, uh, because they recognize what it really is. Uh, right why well because they've been following god and, and of course they've been preparing and and they've had had insight about it and god's given him direction um and then in general it's really just anybody that has a heart to follow god and that's what we're we're inviting people to is some people don't but we we would love you know everybody to be part of that of that remnant so to speak that uh you know enjoys it and then there's a lot of discussion about I he's, the people are noticing things, mm-hmm. and starting to say, "Is this, is this what he's talking about? You know about the tribulation right. and the end, and because
2: um, this doesn't seem like just your normal amount of chaos. No, <laughs> it
1: seems like uh, like one world government, for example, mm-hmm. uh, because of it being very strongly verbalized now mm-hmm. and promoted that just that word alone, if you're, you know, if you have any awareness of the scriptures, you know that's how it it works when you go to the tribulation. And so it's like, now that that's, is that really happening? Is that really possible? You know, is that gonna uh, go? And um, we talked last time um, about the one world currency, which is the electronic currency um, that will be what's called digital currency, uh, controlled by the central banking. And um, it's not just an electronic uh, transaction because in a sense, for a long time, and particularly lately, um, the banking system is pretty well based on electronic transactions. right um, So you're you know you really don't necessarily write a lot of checks. Mm-hmm. Generally you can pay things online right and just direct them to that,
2: and now it's so easy, even just like Venmo and you know, there's yeah. apps, Apple Pay that you yeah. just you know zip money over to somebody. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's a um, it's a uh, you know uh, a awareness of how much is in there and where it can be gone, but in essence, it's strictly electronic that mm-hmm. has been established as a value. So if you have you know thousand dollars in your bank account. It's not f- a physical thousand dollars. It's mm-hmm. it's a number. It's a thousand dollars of number, and then you can access that electronically. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that's that's not really what what we're talking about. Is that um, and and they're purposely you know promoting this now. Is that the electronic currency of the central banks is is not just an electronic transaction, but it's a precise database Mm -hmm. of able on both sides of it to track what you do Mm -hmm. where you go where you spend your money and a knowledge of that I can gather there's people that can gather that uh, information and then they're working on the ability to control Mm -hmm. what what you do by either shutting things off uh, so like for example uh, and this is just you know part of the discussion but uh, with the desire to eliminate fossil fuels, for example. Right. Uh, which, you know, again, as you look at it from just a simplicity, <laughs> is that, mm-hmm. is that it's, it's not possible. I mean, it's not literally not possible at the moment to go off fossil fuels because the substitute sources of energy, which would be solar and wind,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, are, you, there's not enough conversion to be able to take it and and fulfill what's, what would be necessary of all the uh, power ne- needed for uh, things that operate today. It's, it's still it's just right. a fraction. So they talk about it, and they're trying to set you know goals about it, but it's not really practical. So to me, it's going to be interesting. On that note, uh, and I believe, um, and just let me reiterate this, and I'll come back to the, the, the comment about the central uh, system, is that, um, in a sense, there's a promotion of the absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we're going we're gonna to go off all fossil fuels in 10 years. Right. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> well, it's absurd because you literally today, even if you spent trillions of dollars to try to get there,
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: not physically possible to get there. Um, you couldn't support the infrastructure and you couldn't support the ability and it was it was highlighted in a very simple and a i think God showed us for those that have a heart to hear uh California um who's a you know trying to trying to eliminate fossil fuels uh as one of the strongest proponents of it uh, they came out with a with a rule in California that by 2035 all cars have to be electric
0: mm-hmm
1: um, well, that's not very long, right? Uh, now, could people buy cars in twenty thirty five that are electric? Yeah, but the problem is there's not enough infrastructure to actually fuel with with electricity, right? Those those cars, um, and so the, as soon as they announced it, this is, and to me, it's always funny. I think God is funny. He's got he's got a great sense of humor. They. They made this announcement, and they made it a, a law, and literally two days later, and this happened to be during a, a unusual heat wave right. in California, <laughs> yeah. and so um, California, who just made that law, publicly came out to all all people in the state <laughs> and said, you that have electric cars,
0: mm-hmm.
1: please do not charge your cars- <laughs> in the next, you know, 3 weeks or 2 weeks. Right. Because uh, there
2: was not enough power on the grid to handle be, all
1: of that. Because the use of of, of electricity is now mm-hmm. accelerated because of the air conditioning and we need you not to drain the system. And mm-hmm. and by the way, it that's you're talking about a, a fraction of it, you know. And so right. it, it's it's the absurd that, you know, everybody is trying to move toward and, and I think I think here's what's going to happen. Um as as the tribulation gets put in place, remember it's one world government, I think, mm-hmm. I think it's um, there's a purposeful uh, push to the absurd now, uh, and and people are wondering, you know what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen? When the economic collapse happens and they come out of it, see, I think they're going to reverse the absurd. And that is that they'll say, you know what, we've discovered that natural gas is actually a really good source of fuel and is clean, and we're actually going to not require everything to be uh, electricity. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and go back to this. You know, isn't that a good idea? It'll feel better. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, okay. Well, that's not that's not absurd. Now you now you're gaining sensibility. Um, and see, I think, I think what we experienced with COVID was the reverse. Right. And that is it put us into the absurd. It took the normal right. and put us in the absurd. And then, of course, it came out of it. And I think, I think when we get into the tribulation, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the opposite. I think it's the absurd is going to be replaced back with, eh, you know what, let's just go back to normal. Um, right. And it'll feel good to Most people, which is why there'll be a lot of deception. which is how it'll
2: be embraced so easily, too. It, it, it'll the be embraced easily that are
1: going yeah. on there, yeah. And when um, we, you know, go ahead.
2: this I know, I know you want to get on to this next point, but I just, um, as you were saying that, I was reminded of a question I got hit with, um, the other day. And it just as we're talking about the tribulation, um, I had a mom send me a text, her daughter, um, goes to a Christian school, and in chapel that day, she had come home, she was very upset because in chapel. Um, the person who was teaching actually shared that there may not be pre-rapture or um, pre-tribulation rapture and she had never heard such a thing had grown up you know in in strong baptist theology and it was definitely pre-trib rapture and how could he say this and what could i he felt she felt like she was supposed to reach out to me and see you know what information i could give her to help her talk her daughter through this and i think i surprised her with some of my answer but at the same time um, it reminded me, we have viewers and listeners who are just now beginning to tune in, who have picked this up and haven't been privy to the conversation that we had early, early on. Um, and so I was wondering if you could even just in a five minute, not go into great depth, but just recapture as we're talking about the tribulation, why it is that we need to actually be concerned. We don't just get to assume that we're gone for it.
0: Right. Could yeah. you
2: just give a little brief on that? Because I think if we've got new listeners, it's important to pick that back up.
1: Yeah. Um, we can um, uh, we can actually um, you know maybe maybe we should go back now and spend uh, in our some more uh, next uh, pieces of our series go back over these verses again uh, to discuss it because uh, it's, hmm. bi- it's, it's a big good qu- idea. it's, it's yeah. a good idea yeah it's a big question um, primarily um, when you think of the rapture. Um, we have to get back to the scriptures, right? Of what they say, and, and they're talked. It is talked about, um, mm-hmm. so it's not it's not a made up thing. It's it's talked about and right, it's out, of, right. out of scripture. Um, and when you look into the scriptures, and, and maybe we'll go ahead. Maybe this is a prompting to let's go ahead and spend some more time back in this specific topic uh, in our next sessions. Is um, the scriptures? that we'll look into um, aren't clear, it's a single way. Right. Um, and the three possibilities are what's called pre-trib rapture,
2: mm-hmm. so
1: the church is raptured and then the tribulation comes. Right. Um, and, the, uh, and by the way, the uh, part of that, which we'll try to uh, include as well, there's a thought that the tribulation is when the antichrist comes into power Mm -hmm. Um, and that's going to be part of the deception that people say well this can't be the tribulation because there's not a person Mm -hmm. uh, in charge of it well uh, again in scripture shows us actually when it starts uh, it's a 10 unit leadership Mm -hmm. group uh, 10 heads it's not a person yet, but what happens is during the first three and a half years, a person
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, who's, who's not even one of the 10, but he's a, he's, he's a underling to the 10, mm-hmm. steps up and takes over the power of uh, three of them. And by the way, when this all happens, it all seems perfectly correct and right. So it's not right. it's not a force. And I
2: don't think it's going to be very hidden either. I think we're no. going to actually see all of this transpire. Yeah.
1: Um, and so it'll go from, uh, he goes from, uh, you know, there's 10, then he steps in, and he's part of 7. Then it goes 7 to 5 to 3 to 2 to 1, and he's the one left.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but everybody embraces that. Um, so the Antichrist isn't really known at the beginning. Right, uh, he's not even a, a major part of the ten people that you can say. Well, I think it's that guy. He, it's going to be somebody we don't even necessarily know. He might. We'll see. Well, there's somebody there, but it's not until he starts to take over, you know, the power that we mm-hmm. start to recognize it. Um, so, um, at the beginning of the tribulation uh, is the rapture. You know, we get it, We get removed, or is it at what we call mid-trib? Mid-trib, mm-hmm. it is clear in Scripture that uh, mid-trib. Middle, you know, seven years is tribulation, three and a half years. The Antichrist now is in power. Right. And he he does what's called the abomination of desolation. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, uh, Daniel spoke about it, uh, prophesying it, and um, it happened in uh, 173 BC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel prophesied this in, you know, like four. Uh, 450 BC, um, and said that you know the abomination of desolation is going to happen. Uh, both uh, current, you know, currently meaning you know pre Jesus, and then it'll happen at the end. And it actually happened in 173 BC by Antiochus Epiphanes, and he went to the temple and said, "I'm God." Destroyed all the uh, uh, activity of the temple and made everybody worship him. And of mm-hmm. course. You know, they ultimately, he ultimately got overthrown and the Jews got their, got their temple back. Um, but he said, I'm God. That's the desolation of, of uh, abomination right. of desolation is, I'm God. What Jesus says, when that happens again, mm-hmm. um, and it's going to happen in, in the mid trib, um, that institutes God's wrath. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's going to happen, and, he, and the Antichrist is going to say, I'm God. And interesting enough, uh, the world that's taken the mark of the beast all believes it and accepts it as true. Um, And maybe it appears, and there's lots of scripture that says, that's when we're raptured. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of other scripture that say, actually, the rapture isn't until the very end. Uh, of the seven years Um, and and there
2: is ample scripture to support all three views on that
1: ample scripture for all three Um, Mm -hmm. and and one thing uh, just to have people understand uh, the church the church historians from the time of Christ up until the late 1800s they never even presented, discussed or thought pre-trib rapture
2: interesting
1: it was only mid trip post trip uh, hmm. because there's scripture uh, that talk about that um, you know there's going to be persecution right um, of of the Saints um, by the Antichrist well if there's persecution by the Saints by the Antichrist that means we're here
2: the Saints have to be there right uh, we're <laughs> here and
1: I'll, and I'll uh, you know I will get into uh, you know, that scripture uh, when we go through it. Um, uh, and so here, here's the, p- the punchline to this. And, um, and then we can, uh, you know, we can talk about, I'm trying to see if I can find that verse. I'm not sure I can right now, but um, it's in, uh, Re- there's a statement in Re- uh, Revelation. Um, so because of it, um, and, and this is something that we need to understand about the purity and the beauty of Scripture is whenever you're in the Word, um, it's about what does it say um, and what does it not say? Mm-hmm. Um, is it absolute or is it is it not absolute and we just have to understand something about it? And uh, so that when... Um, Jesus gave absolutes. Mm-hmm. Then there's not a fuzziness about it. It's it's this. Uh, for example, all have fallen short um, and um, can't get to relationship on your own. But, right. But rather, uh, the result of that is death, yeah. Separation, and the only way is being born again and right. receiving. That's not fuzzy. And that, and that's not, <laughs> see, that's not, well, he kind of said that and kind of didn't. And, uh, and this, by the way, a lot of people now, because they're not going to the purity of the word, uh, are developing what's called universalism. And that mm-hmm. is, oh yeah, there's lots of ways, uh, right. to God, to God. Um, well, that's absolute. Well, a lot of things in scripture aren't absolute. Interesting enough, by the way, uh, Paul writes about this in, first uh, Corinthians 14 and 15. And he says, if it's absolute, stand up for it. Mm -hmm. If it's not absolute, stand up for what you believe is true. But for heaven's sakes, don't ever let it divide you. Mm. uh, Because you don't have a right to lay something that's not absolute onto either yourself or other believers other than, well, it's an interesting discussion and, mm-hmm. and, and and I would urge you to go seek you know what God has to say to you, um, and He said, "Don't let that divide the body, because it's absolutely not absolute." And for example, uh, we just had had this uh, occur uh, because of COVID, um, the vaccine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, there wasn't a absoluteness to that, and by the way, it's, nice. it's proven. Mm-hmm. Scientifically, even today, yeah, really, it really isn't exactly absolute anyway. Uh, Which, Mm -hmm. which was you know, kind of the understanding of what a vaccine is all about uh, per se. So, um, it was shocking to me that (laughs) that the body of Christ divided over it.
2: So much so, yeah, Um, and families divided over it. Um, Yeah, I'm still hearing stories of ramifications of division within families and extended families that started from that very thing yeah. and, it's, and it hasn't been healed yet.
1: That's right uh, because I've made something that an absolute absolute mm-hmm. um, and then I'm upset that other people don't accept my absoluteness. So um, when, when God in the scriptures hasn't defined something clearly absolutely you say well there must have been a reason for that mm-hmm. um, and we got to actually uh, instead of saying well i'm going to take that position because i like it and i'm going to promote mm-hmm. that i'm going to be upset if any anybody tells me differently rather it's well there must be a reason why it wasn't absolute mm-hmm. and so i should go the other direction is say what would you have me understand about this why right. why isn't it absolute what what position do you want me to take about it so what i tell the people is is there a rapture yep do we know absolutely when it is? No.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, well then, we need to consider maybe that we're supposed to consider that we, it, we, since we don't know, we should be prepared for other ones. And here's a, here's a verse I was looking at. Um, uh, it's talking about the Antichrist. Uh, this is in um, uh, Revelation chapter 13. Uh, said so the beast, uh, at that point now, the beast is the Antichrist. Was given a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise hmm. for forty-two months. It opens its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming His name and His dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. And it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. Hmm. Authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation, and all who dwell on earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written in the foundation of the of the world by the book book of a lamb, uh, lamb of, who was slain. Um, so, um, uh, uh, it says that, um, uh, you know, the, the antichrist, uh, is a deceiver, um, and he, uh, comes against, uh, the saints to conquer them, which means that's one verse that would say, Mm -hmm. well, that means the saints have to be there. Right. Um otherwise it wouldn't so say... So we've got
2: to leave room at least for that possibility. Yeah,
1: and that's and that's why, by the way, these are some of the verses why the early church, early church meaning in the first almost 2,000 years, 1,900 years, mm-hmm. never thought about a pre-trib uh, rapture because there's so many scriptures that say the Antichrist is going to persecute saints,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which imply that I guess we're here uh, and maybe maybe not. So... The key is don't be upset if somebody says, well, maybe it's, right. it's not a pre trib rapture. Um, and, and even think about that process, which you and I teach, is if you – let's say you hear something
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, from a spiritual person that you consider to be spiritual or a leader or a pastor – and you say, oh my gosh, I think, I don't think I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. First of all, is that okay? Yep. Um, what would be our response to somebody that, hey, I'm not sure about that, um, yeah. or that bothers me what he just said?
2: Really, one of the things I know both you and I like to do is not even give the person the answer per se, as send them back to scripture. Let's go see what God has to say about this. And then that can be, even that, we talk about this all the time, even that sort of question is an invitation to greater intimacy with God. So go in, what do you have to say? Go to his word, look at what is actually there. And, you know, like they say, you'll be a Berean. The Bereans questioned things. They didn't just accept it because somebody in authority said it. They went back to investigate for themselves. And I think that's a beautiful invitation we have to do.
1: Yeah. Uh, And so... Uh, remember, we have the Holy Spirit. Um, he says that uh, the role—this is in John sixteen thirteen—the role of the Holy Spirit is to guide you into all truth, yeah, and to speak of what the Father wants to reveal to you. Um, uh, it says in John uh, eight, if you abide in my word,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you will know the truth, and the truth right. and the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. So that. Um, First of all, when you have something that... Oh, gee, I've been taught something different. Right. And this... Boy, that seems... um, And by the way, I don't like what that person says. I don't like it. Right. And and now think about it. (laughs) Um, If I'm a pre-trib rapture, absolute, that's going to happen. I've been told it's going to happen. And somebody tells me no. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, why would that bother me?
2: Well, that rocks the foundation of what you think you know. (laughs) Well, because...
1: um, uh, if if it's if if what that person says is true, mm-hmm. then I could I could have trouble and live in this trouble, and I always right. always thought we're not going to be in this trouble and and therefore I was free of that trouble, mm-hmm. so it challenges my paradigm. Right. Um, okay. And and by the way, uh, the more the more that you react against something like that, mm-hmm. interesting enough, that's a greater imitation to say. Well, why don't you go pursue the truth, right? Right. Um, and then the key is getting the word mm-hmm. and process and process and process. But be open. You got to be open to what the word says and what it doesn't say, right? So that you don't read into it and and only take these Shedding verses. Setting your
2: presuppositions and seeing what's actually yeah. there.
1: I'm gonna I'll only take these verses. And I'm oh that one says we're gonna be here. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna reject that one because I don't like it. Mm-hmm. No, it's what does it say? help me understand it. Father, give Mm -hmm. me wisdom, give me insight. Um, and because of these possibilities, it's not that it's not true. It's just that we can't be certain it's true. Right. Um, and that's really what I would. And we've
2: talked often about there's, you know, there's a beauty in the fact that we're not certain because I think that keeps us uh, you know that's an invitation to keep us abiding. We don't know if we don't know exactly what that looks like, and so navigating it, we need to be listening to them and walking with them step by step by step, and that's a beautiful invitation,
0: actually.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and personally, the just because I've gone and, and done a lot of work on it, which we'll we'll spend some time doing, uh, come come do it again is uh, it's not absolute. Right. So, because it's not absolute, my personal view is well, there's a reason for that,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: there's a possibility that we're not raptured pre-trib. So, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it in terms of what do I need to know, assuming that it we're not raptured. Right. What, what's important for me to live the life of God during that time? By the way, if we're raptured pre-trib fantastic
2: great <laughs> but at the same Nothing time lost. but at the same time i
1: don't want to say i know for sure okay now why can i say that because the Bible's not for sure and that right. point on that point um so yeah i would urge people to just well let's go look at it so i think that's a good reminder of i think it's probably coming up again mm-hmm. uh with what's really going to happen with this so let's we'll revisit this and kind of and kind of bring scriptures back on that so we'll We'll pick that up uh, next week. Uh, we'll start that process and uh, uh, we'll get rep, we'll get prepped for that. And um, there's some fantastic strippers and it, it's always a joy to, to be in it. So I urge everybody to you know tune in and, uh, and let's go through it again. No problem, so it'll be good.
2: Yeah, that sounds great. Thank yeah. you so much. I think it's a useful conversation for all of us to have. And even if it's something we have already known or listened to and kind of wrestled through in the word ourselves, Um, to have it refreshed because more people are coming with those questions again now. So for us to be able to present God's word well on this, I think it's important.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Father, we thank you for uh, bringing this up. And I think you're highlighting the importance of it, either for us to process it again and really probably to prep to answer people Mm -hmm. that are going to have this question that we're going to come across. And so we just ask in the name of Christ that we um, receive it, we live it out, and... We experience the joy of finding your truth, and we lift it up to you now in Christ's name. Amen.
2: Amen. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us, everyone. As always, send in your questions questions at afjministry.com. We'd love to have them.
0: Yep. We'll have see a you great then. day. Okay. Yep. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry.